Hey guys, thank you so much, Pastor Mike. Now, he used a word that totally doesn't apply to me, and the word brilliant. Hey guys, I'm, I'm making mistakes all the time. Let me tell you one of the biggest mistakes I've made. Now, I was familiar with LifePoint Church way before Mike and Stephanie came, and if you don't know the story, um, it was a church that uh, right before they came was high debt, low attendance, and it was just kind of a troubled situation. And so a couple of my friends who were interested uh, in coming to LifePoint, just, just to look out for them, I said, oh, I don't know about that church, you know. I don't know if, you, if I, I would just be real cautious. So when Mike and Stephanie moved to town, uh, Mike asked to have a coffee with me. And um, the first thing I told them, I said, man, if I would have met you six weeks ago, I would have told you to not take that church. How many know that wasn't very brilliant at all? <laughs> at that time, my church was bigger than his church, and he blew by me really fast, and it's it's kept blowing by me as far as attendance. But uh, Mike has been a great pastor to me. He talked about being an overseer. Guys, that's an easy job here because this is a great church. Uh, I haven't had to deal with any problems, but Mike serves that same role for us. So Pastor Mike is one of my pastors, and uh, he's a great influencer in my life. Uh, I'm also part of a group of pastors that um, he kind of looks after us. We're on a group text. Um, he also does tangible things to kind of help our ministry. One of those uh, things that he offers is the Lift Network, which we come here several times a year to receive teaching. And I want you to hear this. Even though this flows through Mike and Stephanie's ministry, it's your ministry. Because when God uses them and your staff, he's using you. Guys, because you participate here at LifePoint Church, because you're part of this church, you're impacting multiple pastors and congregations that you don't even know. So I want you to know that God is using not just your pastor, he's using you, and you are making a huge difference. I'll, yeah, come on, thank the Lord for that. I also love the staff here. You guys have a world-class staff. They're so good to me. I love hearing them preach at the different times that they uh, fill in for Mike. So, so God's so good, and it's great to be together. Thank you for being here. I'm encouraged just seeing you. I'm encouraged by those of you who are watching online right now, because I really believe this. You make America, you make the world a better place because you participate in church. The fact that you are here makes a difference. Do not limit or do not demean your role in this church because God's called you to this church. And I know some of you may be visiting, and I want you to know that God has a special message for you today, and there's nothing like the Word of God. I mean, the Word of God is so powerful, and it's so powerful to impact us today. Hey, guys, we're in a time, you know this, of major, major change. And the world is changing right now. Our country is changing right now. And, and let's, let's just unpack that a little bit when we talk about our country changing, we know this is that, that that means people are changing because who are we as a nation, okay? We are a group of people, we're a, collect a collection of people around our constitution. But when, when we talk about America, we're talking about us. Sometimes when we hear preaching, it's easy, it's easy to think, yeah, talk about America or talk about culture, but that can be a way for us to not examine our own hearts. I know that the scripture today is going to speak right to your heart. This is an exciting time to be alive. 
Uh, this is a great time to be alive. I know there's a lot of negative things that we could focus on, and I don't hide from those things. I understand there's some challenges, but sometimes when we're so focused on the challenges, we don't see the opportunity. And I want you to know that God has chosen you to be alive right now in the year 2022, to live here in Montgomery County or wherever you have driven from or wherever you're watching from online, that there is great purpose and destiny. There is providence. There is sovereignty over your life. And there's a reason that you're part of this faith community today. We, we have before us some incredible opportunities. I'm kind of fascinated right now with this whole space tourism thing. Isn't that wild that, that like people are like paying to like go up into space, look around and come back down? I mean, it's kind of crazy. And it's very plausible that in our lifetime that this will be available to many of us and in, in, in not very far distant, many of our, of our uh, children, grandchildren will have the chance to travel on rockets. You can maybe get to the other side of the world uh, in a few minutes. I, th these reusable rockets will change the way we live. You're like, well, what does that mean? What, what does that mean with Christianity? It, it means a lot that when you have the ability to get to the other side of the world in just a few minutes, when you have the ability to be part of the cosmos, to see what's happening in the universe, the greatness of our God the greatness of creation will be more clear than ever before. And when people begin to see uh, the world and the wonders of God in the heavens, want, they'll want to know who is this God, what is his name, and who is the person we can connect to. And I want you to understand that you have been placed strategically to say his name is Jesus. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Artificial intelligence is something that our generation is going to face that is just mind-boggling. Uh, computers are so fast today. and Computers can process so much information that, that robots can even feel human-like in the future. I read recently about someone who works for Google who was working on this project. And he was put on a leave of absence because he thought the robot was so real that it was an actual person. Well, we can snicker at that today. But in the future, there will be our, our, us, us personally and, and our children and grandchildren will have to deal with artificial intelligence. And when that happens, that happens, people are going to want this answer. That there is a real God, that there is a soul, there is a spirit given by God. Nothing that can be created by man, but a breath of God from heaven. And there will be a spiritual hunger that the new technology will lead us to. One of the biggest challenges of our generation that you may be aware of or you, you may have heard a little, a little bit about, but it's the ability to alter our genetics. In 2018, this, this change really became pronounced uh, when, when two, two twins, their DNA was altered in China. It was not authorized by the government. It was way faster uh, the advance of this was way faster than what ethics could process. And so there'll be new definitions of, of can we alter genetics? Can we, can we help prevent diseases? Or will enhancements be playing the role of God? Well, we don't have time to talk about all that today. And to tell you the truth, that's about all I could tell you, right? So I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this stuff too. But I will tell you this, is that as mankind as they begin to wrestle with these new technology and new, science, new sciences, 
uh, new, new scientific discoveries, that the church is more important than ever before. Truth is more relevant than ever before. We need to be people of scripture and people who know scripture and love scripture. That is our anchor. That is our centerpiece. And so when you look into the 20s and you look into the 30s, don't believe the narrative that the worst is ahead. I want you to know that because of Jesus and his kingdom and his purposes, the best is ahead. We're going to have the deepest conversations. We're going to have the greatest breakthroughs. We're going to engage in culture and do great things for the Lord. And this is what I see in our passage today. I didn't forget about the Bible. For those of you who are like, hey, when's this guy going to get to the Bible? We have a lot of Bible today. When we, when we see in the scripture today, we see the city of Thessalonica, which is in Macedonia. It was a very important city. In fact, Paul wrote two letters to the church at Thessalonica. But here in Acts 17, we're going to see how Paul ministered in Thessalonica. And I think Thessalonica is a lot like modern day America. And I want you to know is that when I talk about Paul, I'm not talking about someone who is, is just this, this special person who is a, a pastor. When I talk about him, I want you to see yourself in him because we're all called to be part of God's story. We are all engaged in God's story and we're all making a difference in, in people around us. And one of the reasons we can make a difference with people around us is because God's making a difference with us today. So the first thing I want you to see, and, and Paul in his conversation with uh, the church and uh, the people of Thessalonica, the Jews in Thessalonica, is that he gave an intellectual presentation. Intellectual persuasion. And this is the opportunity we have in the new world that we've entered into, is that God wants us to use our brains. Amen to that. Oh man, I didn't mean to ask you to say amen, but I did it. So hopefully I won't do that again. Hey, if it's good enough, you'll say amen anyway, right? Yeah, I don't like it when I ask for an amen. So anyway, self-correction, let's move forward. But God wants us to use our intellect. And don't think that that means you have to have a degree, you have to have a piece of paper on the wall. God's called us to observe the world around us and to know scripture and to make great choices in light of that. So we see in Acts chapter 17, starting with verse one, it says, now when they had passed through, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. There's always a place where God gathers his people. Aren't you grateful for this building? Aren't you grateful for uh, the chance to have these TV cameras and broadcast this around the world? But it happens because we have a place. In verse two, and Paul went in, and I love this phrase because I'm a pastor too, as was his custom. How many know it's a good thing to go to church customarily? It's your custom to go to church. When you show up to church over and over again, good things happen. And on three Sabbath days, look at this phrase, he reasoned with them from scripture, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and saying this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. Verse four, and some of them were persuaded. Notice it didn't say all of them. Even Jesus himself, we know from the 
parable of the soil. He didn't have a 100% success rate. He could have if he wanted to. Of course, he's sovereign, but that's encouraging to me. Uh, you tell the word, some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. I'm so glad the scripture will see the role of women in the church. What a blessing that is. My wife's not with me today because she's preaching to our church family. And I'm so glad that all through scriptures, we see sisters in leadership. And I just want to say this. I didn't say this at 730, but maybe I, I need to say it now. One of the crises that we're having in the two biggest religious groups in America, uh, we have a, a crisis of sexual immorality and the cover-up of abuse. There's many reasons for this, but one of the reasons is women do not have a seat in leadership positions. And I'm so glad LifePoint Church is leading the way to allow women to co-lead the church at all levels. That's what our church does, and that's a good thing. So one of the things that, that is a weakness in our generation is we don't always evaluate content based off truth. Usually what happens is this. If we like a person, then we want to believe what that person has to say. Now, I know this, that it's still not God's will for me as a presenter to be boring and to be a jerk up here and to be unlikable. That doesn't make my sermon better. It actually makes my sermon hopefully uh, more effective if you think, okay, that seems like a good guy. But I do also know this, that my job is not to be likable, my job is to tell the truth. Now, if I, if I do things that, that make you like me, you may listen. Now, here's, here's the problem, though. Many of us, we have people in our lives that their opinion is so important to us because they make us feel a certain way. When we're around them, we just feel good. We, we just feel important when we're around them. And so we have this, this tendency to say, well, because I want to be like them or not even be like them, I, because I feel good when I'm with them, I wanna believe what they say. And I see this is now happening in wider religious circles that pastors today, you know, they, 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 we project ourselves as, as having this likability and, and it may keep us from presenting the truth. Now, this also applies to where you work. This applies to the base that you serve on. This applies to the school that you attend. This idea, this lie that we believe that if, if I'm popular, I'm gonna help Jesus be popular. I mean, you know, Jesus is famous without us before we came around. He doesn't need our popularity. He has glory on him and power on him and authority on him. So my point I'm trying to make is this is I want you as a church, as this church strengthens, because this church has decades of great, great strategic calling God has on its life. For Pastor Mike and the other staff members and the guest speakers, I want you to continue to be a people who say, we are evaluating what they say, not just how we feel. Now, Paul himself said in other scriptures, he said, hey, I'm not that great of a public speaker. You know, a lot of people have criticized me and Paul, Paul wrote this in other epistles and he said, people have said he's not that great of a speaker, he's a better writer. And so now we see in the passage we just read that he's persuading from scripture, that he's reasoning with them. 
that he is, he is presenting truth. I see a church of great strength that knows scripture and knows doctrine and stands on truth and does so in such a way so they're not vulnerable to the latest personality that comes through, that they are able to evaluate the truth. And I want to remind you, don't believe things just because I say them or Pastor Mike says them or because your favorite preacher that you listen to on a podcast says them. Examine the word of the Lord. Examine the scriptures. And even if it costs you, even if it costs you and people don't understand your perspective, it's important that we, we are able to, to share what God says. There's a quote that I want you to, if you can go backwards, I want to show you a quote that's really relevant for our generation. It's a quote at the beginning. Here it is. I focus on the fact what, that what God says is indeed best. It doesn't matter if all the men in the world are against it. Isn't that a relevant quote for our generation? Well, guess when this was written? If you go to the next slide, you'll see it, it was written in 1678, a hundred years before we were even a country by John Bunyan in Pilgrim's Progress. But that is true. Is we can only stand for what God says if we know what God says. And there is a great adventure in front of you. There is curiosity in front of you. There is so much to learn about the world we live in and about the God who made this world. There is depth of scripture. And don't be intimidated. Don't think that being a student of scripture is only for the special or the elite. It's for all of God's people. All of God's people. And I see a church of strength. I see a church of strength. The Lord may be stirring some of you to go a little bit deeper with him, to maybe read a book that you haven't read before, to maybe listen to a podcast you haven't listened to before, to maybe just one of the greatest ways that we can develop intellectually is just to go on the back porch and to fix a cup of tea or a soda or something that can help you think clear and, and, and to evaluate our world and to think about our world and this gift is a gift for you. This is a gift for you. And you have, in your future, you're going to have answers to give, perspectives to give through your personality, through your experience, through how God has caused you to see the world through his lordship. I, I really feel like the enemy is breaking some intimidation off. I know that I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of I'm hitting the same point over and over again, but I really feel like there is some intellectual intimidation here. And the Lord wants you to break that off your mind. Someone has told you that you're not smart. Someone has told you, they may have said the words, you're stupid. Not so, says the Lord. You are one who has the mind of Christ. You're thinking through concepts. You're understanding the world. You're coming up with conclusions. You're searching scripture. You're listening to sermons. You're understanding the world around you. And don't be intimidated by others because the God who made your mind is renewing your mind. He's given you fresh thoughts. He's given you fresh revelation. You're going to be able to speak the word of the Lord at coffee shops and in garages. You're going to speak the word of the Lord in your truck, on your base. You're going to speak the word of the Lord just hanging out with your friends as you're texting them. The word of the Lord is rich. It's powerful. It's spreading and it doesn't spread through a microphone or a television. It spreads through his people when we have a fire for the Lord. I want to tell you this is that Life Point Church, there's a flame here. There's a fire here that's not going to burn out. It's a slow burn here. 
life point, I like to just act like I'm part of the church. So I'll just say us. I'm going to tell you, God has for us long-term decade-long vision. The flame will not burn, burn out. This church is going to grow. This building is going to get paid off. More buildings are going to be built. More churches are going to be plant, planted. This is going to be the consistent movement of God's people. I love your pastor. He's such a great leader. He's a mentor to me, but he would agree with what I'm going to say. I know you're going to agree with me, is that the work of God is moving beyond Mike and Stephanie's influences, influence into the hearts of of his people, releasing the, the presence of the Lord through his people. Great days are right before us. And, and hear this, you will not miss out. I, I just want to speak this over the whole room. There is no one in this room that the Lord wants to be left behind in the kingdom of God. Hey, I don't care what you did last night. Some of you are just feel the heaviness of sin right now. You're hearing me preach and you're thinking, I wish I hadn't done that last night. I wish I hadn't watched that last night. I wish I hadn't said that last night. I want to tell you there's something called grace and there's something called mercy. You're watching now. You're here now. Grace got you here. Grace got you to see that screen. And I'm going to tell you this is that your failure is not final. Your failure is a catalyst to receive the grace and mercy of God. Hey, mercy is here. Mercy is on you. Judgment is not on you. Mercy is on you. There is mercy upon us because the Lord sees the days ahead of us. And he sees years and decades and he sees movements. And he doesn't leave his people behind. He includes his people in his work for his purpose. And I see this in you. I see this in you. Some of you God has strategically placed at Fort Campbell. Some of you God has brought to Austin P. Some of you God has brought through the new businesses that are being birthed here in Montgomery County. And I want to tell you, you think that it was just a deployment. You think that it was just a job change. You think that you chose a school, but God has placed you exactly where he wants you to be for his purposes, for the kingdom. He is up to something good. He is up to something powerful in you. I want your church to be encouraged this morning that our God is doing what you can't see. You may be lonely today. You may feel isolated today. You may feel overlooked. You may feel forgotten, but not so with the Lord. The Lord has a community for you that he is birthing. He is starting new relationships. He's doing something in this community. I know that in the type of community you guys live in, there's a lot of homesickness. There's a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of missing uh, where you came from. And it's okay to love where you came from as long as you're fully engaged where you are. I'm going to tell you this. If you have six weeks left in Clarksville, I want you to put all of your heart in the next six weeks. I know that sometimes it can feel like you don't want to engage because you're only going to be here two years or you may move in five years or you're trying to get back to, to Georgia. You're trying to get back to California or whatever the case is. No, no one's trying to get back to California, are they? <laughs> Thank God I love all the California people that moved my church. They've made our church better. But there's this sense that we want to just hang back. But the Lord is saying to us today, I, I believe he's encouraging us, step in, step into what he's called you to. Step into where you're going. Don't hold back. The Lord can do in six days. He can create the universe and he can create the earth. In six weeks in Clarksville, in six months, in six years, he can do more than you can see or imagine. I believe that. So be encouraged with that today. 
I just feel like God's raising up ministry in this place today. You're like, well, that sounds like a scary word. Okay, and then God's just calling you to be nice. He's calling you to be engaged. He's calling you to, to step in a little bit. Just take that step in to the kingdom of God and the purposes of God. You know, when we step in, we receive opposition. And sometimes that op opposition doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And there's just what I call irrational opposition. And that's what we're gonna see in this second point today. Irrational opposition. It's kind of like one of my sons, uh, they're all grown now, they're young adults, but when he, when he was like seven years old, this kid had this irrational opposition to pickles. I mean, it was just crazy. Like if, if uh, you know, it's one thing to say, I wanna cut pickles out of my sandwich. But if someone got like a pickle spear on their plate, he'd be, he would like recoil. He'd be like, I do not want that pickle. And it was just crazy. One time we had a whole bucket of pickles that was put on our plate. The kid, the child, got up and moved his, his, his uh, chair to another table. I mean, just crazy stuff. And so uh, the other day, you know, he, he's a pretty athletic guy and, and in good shape and stuff. And I heard my daughter ask him, I said, when's the last time you've had a vegetable? And he said, never. So I don't know how that's going to work out for him long term. It hadn't worked out. I don't know how that's going to work out for him, but we have this irrational opposition that we, we, we have to, you know, certain foods, certain things. I want to point out today that there's an irrational opposition to the work of the Spirit. And you're going to see this right here in the passage. We have a long portion of the passage here, so let's go. Verse 5 now. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out of the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authority, shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. That's, now, that's an interesting phrase there because it was meant as a negative, but we see it as a description of what happened in the first church. We turned the world upside down to God be the glory for that. Verse 7, and, G and Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decree of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. And when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. And now these Jews were more noble, no, more noble than the, those in Thessalonica, and they, they received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily. That's, that's who we are going to be, examining the scriptures daily. This is why we have, we have regular devotions, to see if these things were so. And many of them, therefore, believe with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, you know, here, here's a key part. They came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. I see here that the Jews in Thessalonica, even though Paul persuaded some, he didn't persuade all, the ones he did not persuade went to Berea. And you see there, they... they they were agitated and they stirred up the crowd. I want, you to remind, I want to remind you of something, and I hope this encourages you because you already know it. When there begins to become movement in your life towards the will of God, not everyone's going to celebrate it. Not everyone's going to understand it. Some will. Some will understand, but some will be agitators. Some will be irritated. Some will not accept 
what God has done in your life. And we see this historically, this has happened. If we look at four great movements in our country, the Great Awakening, the second Great Awakening that happened very close here to Life Point, just up the road a few miles, um, the, the Azusa Street Revival, and then the Jesus Movement on the West Coast in the 1960s. These are four major movements that all received opposition, but get this, the opposition, opposition came from the religious the opposition became from, came from the professional Christians, not the people who were getting saved, not the people who were getting transformed. And I, I want to encourage you in both of those things, that there are some people in your life that are important to you that won't understand how God's changing your life. I didn't, have, I didn't take the opportunity to serve our country through the military, and so I respect many of you who are watching, many of you who are here who have done so. And I can imagine that there's probably no stronger earthly bond than if you've been through uh, military exercises or training or whatever, whatever it is, whatever category it is, with your brothers and sisters in the military. And I have to say that as Jesus transforms your life, if you make decisions to be a person of character, to be a person of kindness, to be a person of love, that's not always celebrated by your friends. It wasn't always celebrated by my friends. Even as recently as the last two years, I had to cut off some lifelong relationships, uh, not because I wanted to, but just because I knew that, that I didn't want to be a part of some things that were happening in that relational group. And I know that it can be tough. And I just want you to know I'm praying for those of you who may be enduring social ostracism right now. You feel isolated and you, felt, you feel left alone. And the Lord, the Lord is with you. First Peter chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 says it this way. You've had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. Guys, this was 2,000 years ago written, and it's so relevant to us today. So strengthen the Lord be yours today. Strength of the Lord, every sacrifice you make for the Lord, he's going to pay you back in ways you can't imagine. You, you, there are friendships for you. There are opportunities for you that you don't know of yet. Here's my last point today, is we need to have an intentional response to this irrational opposition. And I see a church that is very intentional. Let's go on to Acts 17, verse 14, and we'll go to the NIV here. If we can go, go to that. It says, then the believers, this is Acts 17, verse 4, the believers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. And those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and they left him with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. I love that phrase, left them with instructions. To me, this speaks of strategy. This speaks of a plan. This speaks of cooperation. This speaks of God-inspired leadership that is multiplying itself in leadership. We see names. We here of cities, we see of locations, because the church is on mission and the church is on the move. Let me tell you what the church is, the church is you. 
So the people who have gathered are on mission. They're on the move. They're going somewhere. They're doing something. Life Point Church, I want to speak over you, not the organization. I want to speak over the faces I'm seeing, uh, the faces on the other side of the screen. I want to speak to, to the stories that are represented through this service today. I want to speak to you that you are going places with the Lord. You are not stuck. You are not standing still. You are not a victim of culture and a victim of, of a changing generation. You are a leader. You are a thinker. You are an engager. You are one who is partnering with God to see his kingdom advance and his kingdom grow. And I see great things happening here. We do not have at this church, we do not do child care here. We train the next generation from the nursery to the elementary school to the youth. Listen, I know they call it a youth group because in the old days they used to group together the youth so the adults could do their stuff. We don't just group the youth. We have a youth ministry that is engaging teenagers of Montgomery County, of North Nashville area, that is training people in the ways of God, that is holding up light and truth because when light and truth is held up, people are attracted to the light. They're attracted to the truth. I'm thankful for a church like LifePoint that's engaged and humble enough to partner with Convoy Hope because think of this guys nothing with God's grace and help nothing will happen on this planet that LifePoint Church won't be involved in helping the tangible needs of people who are in poverty war or victims of warfare who people who are impacted by natural disaster we're not just going to show up in this building and hear good music and hear a funny preacher we're on mission we've got a strong church a healthy church a giving church a vibrant church and this globe this planet the needs and the things that, that are dark in this world this church in Clarksville will stay engaged and this church will make a difference how many of that is an exciting future that we have with the Lord it's not, a, it's not an accident that one of the largest bases in the world are right here in Clarksville. And God has raised up this church because people come and people go. They come broken, they leave whole. They come confused, they leave informed. They come maybe without a direction and they leave with a calling. And I see in this church, I see a church that is raising up leaders, that is raising up people who are coming from all parts of the United States. They're coming through Clarksville. Some will stay, some will go. Either way, everybody's on move with the Lord. Everyone's on mission. They're gonna come through this building, through the Austin P campus. They're going to come through the online representation here and they're going to move through those those environments with transformation we're not about gathering people we're about transforming the people we gather and the lord god his power and his anointing is stirring up his church for great things and this is a church with multiple campuses and god's going to complete his work i want you to pray with me father in the name of jesus I thank you for stirring vision here because, Lord, vision comes from God. Vision comes from truth. Vision comes from your word. Vision comes from your light. And, Lord, I pray that everyone who can hear my voice, whether they're watching now or later on in the week, that, Lord, they would sense your call, sense your destiny. And, Lord, I pray against, God, Lord, this, this um, spirit of, of intimidation, 
this, this spirit that says that others have had favor. Others have had opportunity and I've been overlooked. Not so, says the Lord. The Lord is at work through your trial. The Lord, the Lord is at work through your circumstance. The Lord has not abandoned you. The Lord has not forgotten you. And the Lord has great plans for you. Father, we receive your work. And we thank you, Lord, that the way Paul ministered to Thessalonica, tells us how you're working through us today right here in Montgomery County and all over the world. Lord, we bless you, praise you, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, if you agree with me, would you say amen? Come on, can we thank Pastor Aaron Allison for a great word today? I want to I say something real quick before you leave. First of all, I'm so encouraged every time I get to be around him. He's so smart. He's a thinker. He's He's the one that really encouraged me to pursue my doctorate after he finished his. He was like, it's nothing, son. You can do it. It's nothing. No big deal. It's the hardest thing I ever did in my life. But he's so brilliant. I love the way he thinks through social and cultural issues. And I just think that's very encouraging for us as a church. But I don't know if you caught something. Can everybody just hang on just a second before you leave? Uh, I, I heard his message this morning. And, and then I watched what he did in this service. And there was a moment the first half of that sermon where he just came off the notes and he said, I really feel like God wants to say. And he began to just flow in this gift that God has given the church. It's a prophetic gift. It's a word of knowledge. He said, some of you in this room have felt discouraged. Someone has called you stupid or you don't have the intellect. And he said, I just want to tell you God is saying. I want you to understand what that was. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, Paul gives us this great essay on spiritual gifts. One of the gifts is a word of knowledge where the Lord will speak something to you for someone else that you're, you don't have a, a, a no-so about before, but God will speak that. And I'm just so thankful that Pastor Aaron took the time to let God interrupt his sermon. You, got, you may not have caught it because you didn't hear the first time and you didn't read his notes, but that was a total interruption from the Lord for somebody or maybe a group of us in the room that needed to hear that, that God has his hand of qualification and engagement in your life and he's gonna use you in monumentous ways. You may, you may have been wrestling with, I don't know enough, or I'm not smart enough, or whatever. But I'm just, I just wanna say how grateful I am that you would stop what you were already planning to let the Lord speak to you. And how many of you know we still have a God who can interrupt his church service and speak to us prophetically? So if you're not familiar with spiritual gifts and the, the use of spiritual gifts, you just experienced it. And you guys just sat under it like, affirming, saying amen. I, I watched all of you start nodding in and leaning in when he stopped and did that and even applauding that. And that's affirmation that God is speaking. He still speaks. What an amazing God we serve. He speaks through his word and he speaks through his church and that's you. You have the capacity because the spirit of God's on the inside of you to speak into the lives of other people. Ask God to give you a word for somebody you work with. Ask God to give you a word for a colleague or a kid in your home. Maybe your daughter needs to hear a word from her father or from her mother that's a word from heaven for her or for your son. Are y'all encouraged by that? I'm so encouraged by that. That was a moment for us, man. Thank you, Pastor Aaron, for speaking prophetically into our church that way. Lord, we love you and we honor you. Everybody pray this with me. God, I believe in Jesus. He's the Lord of my life. I give you my whole self. I'm all in. I believe you died for me so that I will live for you in Jesus' name. Help me, God, to live my life according to your word, being led by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.